What the fuck is up, you beautiful bastards and bitches? It is February. February, let's see here, February 9th. Ooh, sweet buckaroo, it's February 9th, my boys and girls. We're coming up on Valentine's Day. We're having a, a good day, a good series of days, you know, 2022 shaping out all right. Maybe, you know, we're going to get rid of some of these fucking COVID restrictions soon. Maybe life can get back to normal. We'll see. But in the meantime, hmm, what to talk about today? I say what to talk about, but I think we all know what I'm going to talk about, at least if you're up to date at all on current events. So right now, Joe Rogan is in the news yet again because the mainstream media really just, I don't even want to say mainstream media, the legacy media is what I want to call it. They want to get rid of all these independent people who aren't beholden to a corporation even though to some degree he is now beholden to Spotify, but I believe in his contract, he kind of stipulated that he can do whatever he wants, say whatever he wants, blah, blah, blah. There'll be no censorship, etc. right? And so they don't like that. They don't like that when they do it. They don't like it when Crystal and Sager do it with breaking points. They don't like it when Russell Brand does it, when Glenn Greenwald does it, Kyle Kalinske, Tim Poole, so on and so forth, right? No matter what your political leanings are, if you're not part of a corporation... They're jealous, obviously, because they don't get to say whatever they want to say, and they're going to try and slander you and say whatever bullshit they can about you to bring you down, right? So somebody, I don't want to say, I don't know who, because I haven't dug that deep into it, but somebody very recently went through 12 years of podcasts with Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan experience, and in those 12 years, they cut out every time he's used the N-word, and they mash it all together into a montage where it's just him saying the word, right? No context, just saying the word at one after another, right? And then he makes a bad joke about being in Planet of the Apes when he goes to, I think it's Harlem or something like that, to see Planet of the Apes, which you could argue it's a, it's a bad, bad taste joke or whatever, or you could even say it's a racist joke, whatever, but he is just joking. It is a joke. He's not a racist. However, they're claiming he's a, he's a racist because of this. The reason why I feel like I need to cover this is because whenever this term gets thrown around racist, I feel like it's thrown around way too much, way too easily, and against people that are just blatantly not fucking racist, right? I mean, if you look at the catalog of Joe Rogan's podcast, for example, and you look for just, you know, ethnic minorities, and, you know, not even ethnic minorities, but just minorities in general, anybody that's mis- or un- unrepresented, I should say, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? has a low representation, I guess. Those people, those groups, they inevitably end up on Joe Rogan, right? He had Buck Angel on, transgender person. He had, uh, what the fuck is her name? Blair White on, transgender person. He's had a ton of black comedians, ton of black people. He's had people from the Innocence Project, including uh, a black guy that got out of the Innocence Project who, you know, was someone who was... uh, incorrectly convicted of murder and falsely imprisoned or, or imprisoned under false pretenses. Uh, I think I said that wrong, but you get what I'm saying. And he had Daryl, oh, Daryl, ah, fuck, what is his name? I got to look it up real quick because I don't want to get it wrong. Let me just look this up real quick. He should be the first thing that pops up. Daryl Davis, that's it. I want to make sure I got it right. And Daryl Davis, if you don't know, Daryl Davis is like the epitome of a good person, right? 
Daryl, just to give you an over, because every time I talk about this guy, you know, he's like a hero to me. He's an amazing human being. He's probably the best human being that I have ever heard of, period, dot, right? So Daryl Davis is this person. He's a black man, and he's a musician, I believe like a jazz, a jazz musician of some kind. And basically at one point, he had a KKK member, uh, Ku Klux Klan, white supremacist, watching his show, right? And he after, after the show... He ended up having a drink with the guy and, you know, the guy, he said some racist shit to him, you know, like, I can't believe you're so good when you're a blank or, you know, I can't believe you're so smart, blah, blah, blah. And instead of like being offended and getting mad, Daryl befriended this guy and over years, you know, showed him who he is and what kind of person he is and how intelligent he is, how eloquent he is and how much of just a, you know, a normal human being like he is, you know, they're, they're the same thing. They're just human beings and over time, he befriended this guy to the point where he, he quit the KKK and gave Daryl Davis his Ku Klux Klan robes, right? And Daryl Davis has done this with over 300 other KKK members. So instead of fighting you know, racism and hatred with more hatred and violence, he fights it with love and understanding and just free speech, right? Which is so fucking inspiring, that's the kind of shit we should aim for, right? That's the kind of person we should celebrate is someone who's changing hearts and minds and doing it not through violence, not through coercion, not through shame, but through love, right? The world needs more love. I know I joke around and I say awful shit sometimes and you know, I say, fuck this person, fuck that person. But when it really comes down to it, I agree with this sentiment wholeheartedly. The world needs more love and more kindness. And whenever I can, I try to be kind, right? I'm not perfect. I fail all too often. I say awful things when I think it's funny. You know, I'm just a normal human being, right? And I get petty and jealous and vengeful, but I, I try to, you know, somewhat put this attitude out in the world, right? That kindness, love, and, and community is important for us as a species and will only help us grow further, right? And this guy's such a perfect example of someone who, like I said, defeats racism with love, kindness, and community. And he had him on the podcast, and I, I, I'm sorry, but I just don't think that you can have someone like that on your podcast, on your platform, push their message, promote their message, and be a racist. It's, it's just not reality, man. It is the perfect example of why he's not a racist. And going back to the, the main point, so they took this, this series of clips, this montage, right, and they put it out in the world, and they're start, now they're trying to say that Joe Rogan's a racist. Joe Rogan's a racist. We got to deplatform Spotify, you got to get rid of him. He's a racist. This really just feels like a really focused and concerted effort to get rid of him, to get him off the air, you know, maybe before the next election cycle, whatever. Because at this point, the legacy media is just getting caught with their pants down so many times. Joe Rogan has viewership far beyond theirs. I think I think CNN's highest rated show is like 300K plus people watching, right? And the average Joe Rogan experience episode has 11 million listeners, which is a fucking lot. That's a ton. That's I think that's more than any other show that's ever existed. Like, I could be wrong, but I believe that's true. Uh, don't, I mean, you can fact check me. I'm a, you know, I'm a fucking idiot, so who knows? But I believe that's the case. But the point I'm making is that they are, you know, watching their viewership dwindle, watching their way of promoting news and information go away and die. I mean, th this really speaks to a larger issue that 
that way of doing the news that they do it, right, and doing covering these topics and these subjects, whether it's political, scientific, or cultural, or whatever, where it's like these snippets, right, these little 10-minute, five-minute segments where everybody, they have like four panel members on, three panel members on, and they just fucking talk over each other and yell and try and get like some kind of soundbite out there. That sucks, man. What's the point of watching that? Who wants to watch that? Nobody wants to watch that. You don't get a proper understanding of that person's views in, you know, X amount of seconds within a two to five minute period. Because a lot of these ideas and these these problems and these conversations we're having are so nuanced and complex that they cannot possibly be covered correctly in that amount of time. A perfect example is I always used to think that Bernie Sanders was just this crazy dude, right? He's crazy. He says all this crazy shit because all I'd ever seen him on is these tiny little segments. And then he went on Joe Rogan and they did like a two and a half hour conversation. First off, the dude's way taller than I thought he was. He looks like a fucking turtle. I thought he was like five foot two. He's like six something. He's tall as fuck. And he's a super reasonable human being, right? He's not the lunatic that like the right likes to paint him as. He has some ideas that I still think are incorrect. I don't think they'd work with our economy, our culture, our country, but that doesn't mean he's a fucking lunatic or a bad person. I like Bernie Sanders. I think he's a good person. I think he's, you know, been insanely consistent throughout the years in his beliefs and his ideas. And you can't say that about a lot of other politicians, right? So like at that alone, you should give him a little bit of respect, but you would never know that had he not had time to fully extrapolate all the ideas he had or extrapolate upon all the ideas he had rather and unpack everything he said right? The small little snippets, they don't work. And people are realizing that and they're going to podcasts. And so you're seeing all these different podcasts, their viewership go up, their profits go up. And then on top of that, you're not getting this super biased message from most podcasts. There are some that are still super biased. You know, like I think Steven Crowder, who's very right wing, he has a very, very biased podcast where just anything the left does is the goddamn devil. And it's super, you know, unrealistic and kind of bullshitty. And then there's a... David Peckman, I want to say, or David David Packer. I think it's David Packer. David Packer, I believe, has a podcast, and his is super left wing. Everything the right does is the goddamn devil. You know, that's not to say these things, these kinds of people don't exist. But even in those veins, as they exist, they're still more free than a corporate news media outlet, right? They'll still cover subjects that corporate news media outlets, you know, won't touch with a ten foot pole because pole because they consider them toxic, and so. They're, like I said, they're all these other, you know, whatever you are, if you're, you know, super right wing and you want your right wing information, you go to, you know, people like Stephen Crowder. If you're super left wing and you want your left wing information, you go to people like David Packman, Packerman, Peckman. I can never remember his fucking last name. He's a good guy. I, I like him and I like Stephen Crowder. I'm not saying they're shitheads. I'm just saying that they are very clearly very biased towards their political party and that, you know, they say ridiculous fucking things about the other party sometimes. That's all. I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm just saying that you should take the things they say with a grain of salt. That's all. But, and then if you want a more balanced news source, you can go to like Breaking Points with Crystal and Kyle, right? Where they literally have a, literally have a right-wing person and a left-wing person on. It's a great show. It's my favorite source for news, honestly. I listen to it almost every day. And all these different uh, news sources and shows, like I said, they're, they're taking away viewership from the, the legacy media. And so this is like, to me, what it seems like to me <clears throat> is their last dying grasp, right? Their, their dying breath, their one sweep 
They're trying. They're gonna like. Ah, I'm gonna fuck up Joe Rogan. I'll take the king down, right? Because he is the king of podcasts. Let's be honest. There's no one who even comes close to his podcast, and that's their goal. They just they want to they want to knock him fucking down, and it, it just feels like some vengeful petty bullshit to me. And some people have said that you know, oh, it was just a random person that put all this together. Really, it was a random person that took twelve years of podcasts, watched through twelve years of podcasts. That's I don't even know how many fucking hours, and then clipped all of them together perfectly and well, and looked it looked pretty professional, and then put it out there. Mm, it feels more like a hit job to me personally. I don't know that it is, but that's what it feels like to me. the The whole thing feels very bullshitty, and that's why I I just I, I don't believe that it's you know just some random person. I don't think it's organic or natural. And it really frustrates me that this happens at all. And then I see all these fucking people, these dishonest, disingenuous pieces of shit piling on and saying shit that's just clearly not fucking true. Like saying that there have been years of an undertone of racism with him. Like, are you fucking high? What are you talking about? And, you know, it just feels like they're just looking at him and they're like, he's bald, racist for sure. Like, hey, man, I'm bald too. Not racist, bad genetics, you know? Don't hate black people. Hate the sun. Fucking calm down. But it, it's just, it's just really frustrating. And this and this ties into you know what was previously going with the misinformation shit, where they they were trying to call his podcast misinformation because he had people on who they had differing views to you know the main narrative that's going on with COVID and all that. It just it feels like they're looking for anything they possibly can to tear him down and get him off the air. And maybe they'll be successful. I don't think they will. Spotify has been pretty good so far about holding the fucking line. But I think when this all came out, I believe their stock dipped like pretty considerably. I believe they lost like thirty billion in value, uh, which is a lot, a lot, a lot. And as much as you know, they've been protecting freedom of speech and all that stuff so far, and they've invested a hundred million in Rogan. They still are a company that has a board, and I wouldn't necessarily, you know, hold it against them if they're like, "Look, we got to dump them just because we got to have our money." But that might be the best thing for Rogan, honestly, because then he could go and make his own media company, do his own shit free again. I think they'd still have to pay out their contract if they cut him loose, and if they pay out their contract, he gets the money, and then he's free to go to every platform again, right? Right? So I mean, like, it's pretty funny. And it's like podcasts are currently like the last free sources or free – what am I trying to say? They are the last like free Western set of information, right? Like it's the Wild West out here. You're going to hear anything and everything, all kinds of shit. And I think fucking David Duke, that racist piece of shit, has a fucking podcast. I'm not saying he shouldn't. I'm not saying anyone shouldn't and that anyone should be censored. I'm just saying that – it is the one media format that I – at least I believe it's the one for media format where it is free reign. Anything goes as long as you're not breaking the law and not breaking whoever you're you know, on a platform with. And you're not breaking their terms of, ser- terms of service, and that's a beautiful thing. That's why I think podcasts are really fucking important. Um, but yeah, like I said, all this shit going on is just insanity. And it's funny, I watched this video of this guy interviewing a bunch of people like uh, out on the street, right? And take this with a grain of salt because it is kind of anecdotal. 
in the sense that it's one man going and talking to multiple people. It's not like it's a giant sample size that you could extrapolate some kind of meta-analysis from or anything like that. But this guy, he's in, I think, California. I'm not positive, but it, it, seemed, it looks like Southern California. I think I recognize the beach, but he's walking around this beach and he's talking to all these people and he's talking to these white, he, he's asking everybody, he's, he tells them the situation with Joe Rogan if they're not aware. And then he asks them, you know, does that bother you? And every fucking white person's like, yes, that's, that bothers me. That's horrible. It's offensive. It's wrong. And then every black guy or girl, I think there's like two or three girls on there, but they're all like, no, nah, I don't care. I don't care. And one, of, one of them, the worst he said was like, I don't think you should say it, but I don't care. They don't fucking care, man. That's what kills me. It's like, if they don't care, we shouldn't care, right? Because that's the, as far as the opinion on whether or not it hurts someone's feelings, the only person you should give a shit about is a black person. And to some extent, I've discussed this before in like my, my talk about, or my podcast about episode, Jesus Christ, I can't even speak the English language today. My episode about words and their meaning and you know where they're applicable and appropriate and why I think freedom of speech is so important. I don't think any word should be off the table, right? That includes the N-word. I don't think it should be off the table. I think, you know, specifically in the con oh, I don't I didn't mention, but they took all these these N-word bombs that he dropped, right, through the twelve years of the podcast. I'll get back to my other point, but they took it all out of context. What I mean by that is every single one of those times he uses the N-word there. He is either quoting someone, describing why you can't use the N-word, describing how there is no word equatable for any other ethnicity as the N-word, or you know, using it in some way like that, right? Every single time. The only time I believe that one of those was like a joke was where he was talking about going to see Planet of the Apes in Harlem, and he said, we're in Planet of the Apes, man. We're in Africa, right? And bad joke. I agree. It, I you know. I'm not saying I, don't, I didn't kind of chuckle when I heard it because it's kind of fucked up and I like fucked up shit. But, you know, not a good joke. Not great to hear. Really not a big deal, honestly. It still isn't, right? I make jokes about fucking white people all the time. You know, I make jokes about everybody. Where every, Anything and everything is the subject of a joke and I have no fucking problem with it. Never have, never will. That said, if someone told me that they were offended by it, right, and, you know, I put myself in this situation and go, you know what? I get it. I understand how that can hurt your feelings. I apologize. That was not my intent. I wasn't trying to make you feel bad or anything like that. I was just trying to make you laugh. That's all. Because, you know, at the end of the day, everybody forgets it. Rogan's a comedian, right? So the idea with him is that he's always just trying to get a joke, right? There's always a bigger laugh. They're always looking for the bigger laugh, right? So sometimes comedians say fucked up shit just because it may get a laugh. That's a very common thing to do. And it's never malicious or, or, you know, vicious or anything like that, or, or there's, no, there's, no, there's no malevolence to it, right? It's just trying to get a laugh, just in pursuit of a joke, just trying to be funny. I mean, I fucked up. Perfect example is one time I was joking around with my mom, right? And I was making jokes about her. And she was laughing, she was laughing, everything was funny, I was kind of roasting her. And then I said something that as soon as I said it, I saw her reaction and it hurt her feelings and I felt so bad because I was just trying to make her laugh. That's all I was trying to do. And I, I apologized, I told her I was sorry, I gave her a hug and she was like, it's fine, I just, you know, I'm kind of sensitive about that. And I was like, I get it, 
I'm sorry. I won't make a joke like that again. It's never anyone's idea or point to hurt people, or at least anyway that's trying to be funny. I don't think it's anyone's idea that, you know, I am going to fucking hurt your feelings. I think it's generally speaking that you just want to get a laugh, man. That's all. And sometimes in pursuit of that laugh, there's some collateral damage. It's just part of the game. It's not the end of the world. You know, you apologize, you move the fuck on. And that's what he did with, with both these things, by the way. He made two videos on Instagram for the one for the misinformation and then one for the the use of the N-word, right? And he gave these really humble and sincere apologies where he basically said, you know, I fucked up or I can do better and I'm going to try, you know, which to me is just uh, it's a it's such a sign of like his character as a human being that he's even though this is ridiculous in many, many ways. He's still willing to listen to the complaints, take them, you know, in contemplate on them, chew on them a little bit and try and make some kind of change that he thinks is appropriate and actually listen to like his haters or whatever, right? That's not common, man. Most people tell you to go fuck yourself. You tell them they're doing something fucked up, right? I mean, I have before. I'm, you know, I'm getting better at it as I get older where I try and actually listen, especially when my wife says things to me and, you know, my knee-jerk reaction is fuck you, but, you know, hey, fuck you. But that's not like the best thing to do. The best thing to do is to really listen to what that person has to say and in you know, ingest it, contemplate on it, and then decide if it's bullshit or not. Just don't automatically assume everything is bullshit. It's not good for you. It's not good for the people around you. But you also shouldn't just take every fucking verbal beating that just comes floating your way that just drops out of the fucking sky, right? You should also put up a fight sometimes. I got a friend that he just does everything his wife says, no questions asked, just goes with whatever she says, and, you know, I've tried to convey this message to him that sometimes, you know, you got to put her in her place. She's got to put you in your place. I don't know, man. He's, just, he's not listening to me. So who fucking knows if that'll ever change. But I'm trying to do my, my part. But, but yeah, that's the, the gist of the situation. And that's where I kind of stand on it. You know, it goes into something else, too. Is I, I think I mentioned it earlier. But, like, for some reason, there was some guy, I don't remember who, but he made some list saying that certain people were right-wing, right, that had been on Joe Rogan's podcast. And he's clearly trying to paint a light that it's a very right-wing podcast, which then could, you know, you could draw the conclusion that it's, like, alt-right and then tied to, like, racism and, you know, get them off, all that stuff. And he lists Russell Brand as a right-wing guest. Russell fucking Brand. Come the fuck on, man. Russell Brand, really? There was a whole bunch of other, a whole other bunch, a whole bunch of other people. Man, I really fucked that up. I don't know what's going on with my brain today, but a whole bunch of other people on that list that were questionable to say the least as to being right wing, and then a bunch that were just fucking flat out not right wing. I, I hate this. This is something that a lot of people do that bothers the fuck out of me. Where you're talking politics with someone, or they're watching you talk politics, whatever, and then you tell them very clearly what your political leanings and leanings are, right? Whatever they may be, you make it very clear. You state your affiliation, whatever it may be, or your lack of affiliation. And then these fucking people will still tell you, no, you're a Republican. No, you're a liberal. No, you're a this. You're a that. Go fuck yourself. You don't get to tell other people what their political affiliation is. They tell you what it is, and you accept it. Is this, this idea – I talked about it before, but this idea that just because you don't hold every belief – that a political party has or you share some beliefs with a political party doesn't mean that you have to be associated with them or not associated with them. 
You can be more nuanced than that. Human beings are more nuanced than that. We are not a, just a checklist of fucking talking points that we need to regurgitate every time a political discussion comes up. And it's ridiculous to expect that of people. It infuriates the fuck out of me. Drive me nuts, man. This whole thing, everything with all this bullshit with Rogan and politics in general, and they, they're trying to tie all this bullshit together. It's like, man, they pick these, these you know, he's on like 1,700-something or 800-something podcasts at this point, right? It's a fucking lot. And out of those, two that were misinformation, and then I think Spotify pulled 110 or 120 or something like that. And what's funny is I don't think any of those pulled had an N-word in them at all, Right. Or, or if they did, it, was, it I think it's like 12 episodes total had the N-word in it. Something like that, right? So why the fuck were the rest of those pulled? Why? And then if you dig into those episodes, they talk about things a lot of times that, you know, seem like they're they're criticizing corporate media or criticizing, you know, Big Pharma, that kind of stuff. And it feels like maybe there's a little bit of a game being played here. This is getting very tinfoil hatty. I totally understand that. I get that. I'm not saying for sure it is. I'm just saying that, for me, as an outsider just watching the situation unfold, it sure fucking looks like that's what's going on. But I'm an idiot. What the fuck do I know, right? So I'm going to call it there for today. Uh, I just you know, wanted to get that out there, get my opinion out there on this because this situation has been frustrating the fuck out of me. Yeah, and you know, if, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know why this guy cares so much, I'll tell you why I care so much. I care so much because I care about freedom of speech. It really matters to me. It's very important to me. I think it's like one of the most valuable, if not the most valuable, right we have as Americans. And it bothers me so much when people try to censor other people. Let them talk, man. If it's a bad idea, defeat it with a better idea, right? Have the open forum. Have the conversation. If, if they're an idiot and they're fucking wrong, you can just prove it to everyone by being smarter than them and being fucking right. It's that simple. It's when you want to censor them and you want to get them out of the public eye and you don't want to let them speak that I question your fucking motives and I question what you have to say and I question your criticisms of them because it seems like they're disingenuous at fucking best. But yeah, that's it. I love you all. Hugs and kisses. I hope you achieve whatever you're trying to achieve. Keep on keeping on, man. Keep living the dream. Keep dreaming. And I will talk to you guys very soon. Hugs and kisses. That's right, blue you kissed. That's how good I am today. How good I feel. I love you all.